You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Well, it's Thursday. I'm so happy to have you with us. Listen, you know where we are. We're teaching on dating intelligence. Tag a friend. Let them know that we're on. This is Thursday. And listen, I want you to share the information that you're sharing there other individuals who either want today or are dating, they need this information. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're talking about dating intelligence and the theme of this seven lesson series is biblical dating habits versus worldly dating habits. The Bible tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's what this series is designed to do. It's designed to renew our minds so that we embrace God's way of thinking as it relates to our dating experience. Now, this is lesson five of a seven lesson series. So today, and I'm very excited about this, today we're going to talk about phases, levels, and seasons. Make a note of that. Phases, levels, and seasons. Phases, levels, and seasons. I have uh, two background texts that I'd like to share with you for this lesson uh, today. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. And I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. That's a good word. That's Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2 in the New Living Translation. It says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. Our second background text for this lesson on phases, levels, and seasons is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 11. Verse 1, I'll read it in the New Living Translation. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 in the New Living Translation. For everything there is a season, God says, a time for for every activity under heaven. When we look at this same chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, but let's look at verse 11 in the New King James Version. It says, He, referencing God, He has made everything beautiful 
in its time. God has made everything. And when we do things in the right time, it's a beautiful thing. You know what? I believe dating is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. When you understand it from God's perspective, when your mind is renewed, the Bible says there will be no sorrow. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and there's no sorrow. It's, dating can be a beautiful thing. And the Bible says he has made everything beautiful in his time. So that's why we're talking about phases, levels, and seasons. So let's answer a question. Let's answer a big question. Why is understanding phases, levels, and seasons of a relationship important? Why is understanding phases, levels, and seasons of a dating relationship important? Now, I'm going to give you six answers to the why question. Number one, the rush of excitement you feel when you meet someone new and there's a mutual attraction, it is a beautiful and powerful thing, but it can be very deceptive. I'll say that again. We're talking about why is understanding phases levels, and seasons of a dating relationship important? And here's the first answer to the why question. The rush of excitement you feel when you meet someone new and there's a mutual attraction. It is a beautiful and powerful thing but it can be deceptive. You have a, maybe, maybe you're listening now and you can validate what I'm saying. There is a, a rush of excitement, a rush of energy when you meet someone new. And especially if there's a mutual attraction, you see the person and they give you that look in their eyes and it's mutual. You know there's an attraction going there. I'm saying that that's a beautiful thing, a powerful thing, yet it can be very deceptive. We're talking about the why question. The second reason why an understanding of seasons and levels and phases are important is because understanding the seasons of a relationship can prevent unrealistic expectations can prevent unrealistic expectations. And we talk about unrealistic expectations in a, in a previous lesson. Here's a third reason why it's important for you to understand phases and levels and seasons of a dating relationship. Working through phases of a relationship can protect a person from a false sense of love, exclusivity, intimacy, and commitment. That is a mouthful. We need to work through some phases. 
you need to work through some phases. You need to allow yourself to go through some levels. Accept the fact of seasons in your relationship because it will protect you from a false sense of love, a false sense of exclusivity, a false sense of intimacy, a false sense of commitment. And that's where the hurt comes from. We think it's love. We think it's exclusive. We think it, it, it's intimate. We, we think there's commitment there and we find out that it's not. And that's where the hurt uh, begins. Here's a fourth reason why understanding phases, levels, and seasons are important is because phases, levels, and seasons represent appropriate levels of commitment appropriate levels of commitment and keep relationships from going where they should go, skipping steps that lead to dysfunctional bonding. You want me to give that to you again? You're taking notes? Listen, I'll give it to you again. We're talking about why it's important to allow your dating relationship to go through phases and levels and seasons because phases, levels, and seasons represent appropriate levels of commitment. In other words, there's a certain level of commitment that you should give to a dating relationship at a certain season, at a certain level. So these phases represent appropriate levels of commitment that keeps the relationship from going where it should not go. Skipping steps. Listen, that's why some of you are, have experienced disappointment and some of you are even disillusioned about this whole dating thing because you skip steps. You skip steps. You, you, you met someone and you went where you shouldn't go. At that level of commitment, you committed your heart at the wrong time. You got physical at the wrong time. See, phases, levels, and seasons keep you from skipping steps and it prevents you from what I call dysfunctional bonding. This is really good stuff. Here's a fifth reason why an understanding of phases, levels, and seasons is important. When two dating individuals keep their interactions, their dating interactions, consistent with the phase, consistent with the level, consistent with the seasons of commitment, they can often part ways without seriously wounding each other. You see, if we do this thing right, if we do it right, if we embrace God's value systems, if we embrace his perspective, 
we don't have to protect ourselves by not dating. And see, some of you, you really don't want to date because you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to date because you, you've experienced some disappointment. You don't want to date. You say, I'm through with this dating. God just send me somebody, send me somebody, you know, and they got to knock on your door and say, I'm the one, you know, so you don't want to date. I think that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. Listen, when two individuals keep the interactions consistent with the phase, the level, and the seasons of commitment, they can often part ways without seriously wounding each other. In other words, you may come to the end of that experience and say, listen, I, 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 I'm not sure that we want to take this any further. And that's all right. That's all right. It's all right. You won't seriously wound the person because you operated at the proper levels of commitment at the proper season when you should have made the commitment. Now, here, here's a final reason, the sixth reason why understanding phases, levels, seasons are important is because of the time factor. Now, listen to me carefully. The time factor when you allow the relationship, that dating relationship, to go through phases, levels, and seasons, it gives you time, watch this now, to experience the relationship and experience the person in multiple environments, in multiple environments. In other words, if you allow the relationship to develop over a period of time and don't rush into something. Don't rush into marriage. Don't rush into engagement. Don't rush into sex. If you allow the relationship, the time to develop, you will have the opportunity to experience the relationship and the person in multiple environments. You see that person in a family gathering. You see that person maybe in work settings. You see that person around others. You see that person uh, when you're dating alone, dating in a group. And it's important, watch this now, listen to me carefully. It's important to experience a person and a relationship in multiple environments because... You learn a lot about a person as you observe them in multiple settings, multiple environments. Because some people act one way in one setting, maybe in a private setting, whereas they don't operate the same way in another setting. And guess what? If you, this relationship progresses and possibly it goes beyond just a friendship, you could very well marry somebody that does well in a private, exclusive setting, but cannot relate very well in a setting with your family and your friends. You need to observe people in multiple environments. That takes time. In multiple environments, you also learn the strength and the weaknesses of the relationship as a couple. Okay, how strong are we? How do we relate in multiple environments? 
Not only do we observe the person, but we get some observations, some insight to our relationship as a couple. How strong, how, how weak are we in family settings? How strong, how weak are we in work settings? How strong, how weak we are when we're around a group, around other folk in different settings? Finally, it's, it's a beautiful thing to get counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. So when you're dating in multiple environments, you can get the counsel of family, the counsel of friends, the counsel of co-workers, and they can not only give you objective counsel, but they can also give you support. And guess what? You want to have support from family and friends, even in a friendship. I, I, I want to have support and, and advice concerning friendships because we can have a narrow view of a thing. But when people around family, they see and they can give you counsel. When they're around your friends, they can give you counsel. In work setting, co-workers can give you counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel. Now listen at this. Isolation is not healthy. If you are dating someone and it is purely in a private setting, you have no input, you're connected with no one else, then you're operating in isolation. That's not healthy in any setting. I'm telling you, isolation is not healthy. Well, we just love each other and we enjoy being with each other and we don't need anybody else. We don't want anyone telling us anything about our relationship. I know him. I know her. No, you don't know that person in multiple settings because you're in isolation. That's not healthy. Now, let's get into, we understand the importance of phases, levels, seasons. Now, let's get into some of the specifics of phases, levels, and seasons of dating. I have five basic phases. Now, there may be others, but this is my lesson. This is my sermon. I have five phases of a dating relationship. Number one, there's the fun phase. I'll give you an overview and then we'll come back and look at each level. There's the fun phase. Secondly, there's the interest phase. Secondly, there's the connection phase. Fourthly, there's the engagement phase. And finally, if this friendship translates and transmit over into marriage, there's the marriage phase. But remember, if we do it right, we're not going to lose out because at the very least, we're going to have a friend. Even if we decide that we don't want to take this friendship beyond friendship, we still have a friend. But guess what? If you flip it into a, a marriage or engagement, guess what? You're going to be engaged to and married to a friend. So let's look at each one of these phases. There's the fun phase, fun level, fun season. This is dating for something to do. There's nothing ill about that. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's why I'm trying to get some of you out of the house. You know, listen, 
it's all right to have fun. It's all right to do something for fun. That's the fun phase. Is don't you want to do something? You know, if I was single, I wouldn't want to just sit up in the house. You know, I, I would want to do something. This fun phase is dating for something to do. Now, let's look at, let's build some parameters around it, some fences around it. In this fun phase, there is no attachment, no attachment. You're hanging out to do something. In this fun phase, there are no expectations. I mean, we're expecting you to not be violent. We're expecting you to not do something immoral. But, but basically, there are no expectations. There, this is not an exclusive time. The person can be friends with others. The person can do things with other people. There's no physical intimacy in this phase. Absolutely none. There's no obligation. There's no obligation to continue. There's no obligation to go out again. This is just a fun phase. There's no list at this phase. And I'm trying to get you to get rid of your list because sometimes God can bring people in your life that don't fit your list. And in this phase, you're having fun. You're getting to know the person. And so you have to decide the parameters around this fun phase. If you're going to hang out with somebody, you have to make some decisions. Since there's no obligations, then you, you don't technically know the person, really? At this phase, so you may want to drive. Both of you may want to drive to the event, or you may decide you're going to drive together, but it needs to be somebody you're comfortable with. If you're getting in a vehicle with somebody, you need to know that it's somebody that you're comfortable with. You have some knowledge of this person. Or you may drive separate. You may pay separate. You know what I mean? You, you pay your own way. you just kind of hanging out and you're having fun, okay? This is a season. So if this person decides they want to spend time with someone else, be friends, go to the movie with someone else, they, didn't, they were not disloyal. The second phase is the interest phase, the interest phase. This is the phase after you enjoyed the first encounter. You enjoyed that first date. You enjoyed that first time you went out. And in this phase, there is an attraction. You went out with the person. You spent time with the person. May have been in a group. May have been alone. But there is definite attraction. Now, in this phase, the interest phase, you don't fully know what the attraction is. You don't know whether it's for a good, great friendship. I've had great friendships with opposite sex people. Great friendships. You don't know whether it's a great friendship or whether it's more, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. You don't have to know. You enjoy the encounter. You're not sure whether it's more. It may be a great friendship. It may be more. In this phase, the interest phase is still not exclusive. This is not an exclusive relationship. Remember that person 
can spend time with others. You're not going to be jealous about this. You understand the phase that you're in. There's no physical stuff in this phase, none whatsoever. In other words, you're not going to be holding hands. You're not going to be hugging. You're not going to be kissing. This is the interest phase. It is centered around activities. It might be going to the movies, might be going bowling. It might be going to the theater. It might be a sport event or concert. Uh, you may go dancing, but it's not, it, it, it's event centered. At, at this phase, it can be in a group or it can be alone. You enjoy time with this person and there's open communication, open communication. You talk about interests, your interests. You talk about the thing, how you feel about life. Okay. Now watch this. Listen to this. You may even support each other at this time. For example, you're dating some person and this person is a business person. They have their own business. Well, you want your own business where you can, that person may support you. That person may help you. You may have some expertise that you can help the other person. So you may support each other at this thing. You may drive together. You may drive alone. You decide what you want to do. But there is an attraction at this phase. And you know that there's an attraction. And you enjoyed the last time. So now you're going a little bit deeper. You're going a little bit deeper. Now, a friendship is your, your goal. You're not thinking marriage. You're not thinking engagement. You now see, I love to be friends with this person. I would enjoy being friends with this person. That's the interest phase. Now, the third phase is, is the connection phase. If there's a definite connection. Now, this is when the relationship becomes exclusive. In the connection phase, you both decide, listen, we're going to spend time hanging out with each other. I'm not going to spend time hanging out with other females. You're not going to spend time hanging out with others, except your mutual agreement, because you shouldn't lose your friends. You shouldn't lose your friends because you're in an exclusive relationship. And that, that's where you begin to talk about boundaries. Listen, we're exclusive. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. We're moving in a deeper relationship, but we're not going to throw away our friends. We're not going to exclusive doesn't mean you don't have friends that you spend time with. And if you got a person, they don't want you to spend any time with your friends. Listen, that is more than exclusive. That's control because you can be in a, an exclusive relationship and still spend time with your family, still spend time with your friends. Okay. OK, but you don't want to enter into a, an exclusive relationship with someone that you're not a friend with. You don't want to enter in an exclusive relationship. You shouldn't even talk exclusive until you get to this phase. You're talking your boundaries, physical boundaries, other boundaries. OK, there's some of there's some uh, physical intimacy at this level. You may hold hands, you may hug at this level, you may kiss at this level. So it's, it's deeper than the interest, deeper than the fun phase. And this is deeper because now you start communicating about 
your dreams, your vision. You communicate spiritual matters. You're talking. You're getting heavy into spiritual matters. You know where the person is spiritually. That person know where you are spiritually. That person has some some idea about your goals and things that you want to do in your life, your vision, your dream. That person knows more about your employment. That person gets to know your relational skills, your emotional maturity, uh, your physical uh, uh, stability. Now, listen, the Bible says, know them that labor among you. So this exclusive relationship is a little bit deeper. We're going to talk deeper. We're going to communicate deeper. At this level, you may even talk about your dream of being married. See, you're not going to talk about marriage until you get into an exclusive relationship. You're not going to start at the fun phase talking about marriage. You're not going to start at the interest phase talking about marriage. But at this phase, you may talk about marriage, your desire for marriage, your desire for children. You're sharing, but you're also looking at each other's moral character, moral character. Uh, Is this person consistently engaged in an employment. You want to you wanna know these kind of things. Is this the person who has a consistent job? Is this person is a little, is consistent in, in the area of financial stability? What is the emotional stability of this person? You're going to be knowing this person at this level. Is this a loyal person here? Because, see, if you decide the relationship is exclusive and the person's still hanging out with everybody, uh, kissing on everybody, hugging on everybody, then that you don't want to go past this phase. You don't want to go past this phase. Personal habits. What are the person? Is this person organized? Is this person a clean, neat person? This person disorganized? Is this person nasty? You want to find out this, this person moody? You find out this in this phase because you're closer. You can see the person. The, the thing that's lacking in this stage, there's still no sex. No sex because you're learning temperance and you're learning self-control at this phase, but you can see it's deeper at this phase. Now, if at this phase you decide, listen, I think that this is my life partner. I think, I'm thinking marriage is this person, the person, and then you both think engagement. Okay, engagement is the fourth phase. Now, this is the deep. This is deep. And you need time in this phase. You don't wanna, you don't wanna get engaged and married next week or engaged and married three months later. You wanna get engaged and have time to prepare yourself for marriage. That's what the engagement is designed to do. It's time to have a season of preparation. Okay? And in this season of preparation, premarital counseling is a must. You must get premarital counseling. And I'm not talking about sitting in front of a preacher for one session and he said, I'm happy about you getting married and I think you should get married. No, that's not premarital counseling. That's affirmation. Premarital counseling, okay, at this phase of engagement, the couple is committed to each other in a singular, exclusive relationship. And at this phase, it is though, 
you're already married. It is though you're already married. The thing that is missing in the engagement phase is sex. You're not free to have sexual relations, even in the engagement phase, but you are really acting married in the sense that you're discussing deep things like goals, expectations, what I expect in marriage, finances, you getting into what the person finances is, your finances, you're, com you're getting into your communication styles, in-laws, you're talking about sex even though you're not physically engaging in it, but you're actually talking about sex, role clarity, uh, decision-making, career goals, education goals. You're talking about children, priorities. This is a deep level, engagement level. That's why it takes time to get in this level. And I see so many Christians, they, it's a facade. Engagement is a facade. They might as well go ahead and get married because they have already done everything and they want to be married in three weeks. That's not preparation for marriage because in this phase, someone should be walking you through, not just you. You need some, you need professional premarital counseling with classes and, and information, and you should be talking history, past history at this level. It, your, your person that you're thinking about, man, should know about some of these past relationships you have because they crop up in marriage and the person shouldn't be surprised, you know, about all this past stuff. You should be talking finances. You shouldn't get into this thing and find out the person is in debt and they can't, uh, the credit rating is real low and they in bankruptcy, been in bankruptcy. You should know all this before you get married. Obligations, you should know what obligations, debt obligations, you should know that. You should know about children, any past children, any outside children, you should know all that. Whether the person was incarcerated, in prison, you should know all this stuff. You shouldn't be marrying somebody you don't know. And i I had, even in premarital counseling, I'll tell you something that happened. It was just, and I'm talking about, I've done some years of premarital counseling. Listen to this. I counsel pre, a minister, a minister of the gospel, and I think he may have been pastoring at this time, a minister of the gospel who took them through some stuff, and it looked like they were just really great for each other. They got married. I was so excited about them getting married. And they got married. And then the pastor, this is a man of God. The, the new wife found out that the man of God had a child. It's a young child. And she he never mentioned it. He never mentioned it. And so now she is married to a man who has a young child. He said nothing about it. And now she's married, and he got this outside child. And I, and I actually walked them through the counseling session. I set up the counseling and walked them through, and he didn't say absolutely nothing about this situation. Said absolutely nothing about it. The child may have been 
may have been around one or two or something like that, one or two years old. And, and this pastor sat in my office and we talked. I talked to him, talked to her. Now, he was not a member of my church. She was a member of my church. She was a member of my church. So I knew him. I thought I knew the pastor. And I walked him through. I was very excited about him. And then she found out he had a he had a baby, a little child, and he never said anything through our premarital counseling. And they had trouble. I mean, they just had some serious trouble after that. So listen, that engagement phase, you find out everything. Everything is open. There's no secrets, no agendas or nothing. And see, that's why you don't tell everything in these fun stays, interest phase. You don't get into that deep stuff. You don't get into that. And sometimes people are skipping steps and then they end up marrying somebody they don't know. The fifth phase is marriage. And I think in the future, I'm going to do some teaching on marriage. I want to close by, uh, because we got two more sessions. One of those sessions is, okay, we've decided to go beyond the dating phase. We decide that this is more than just a friendship. I want to talk about finding the right life partner finding the right life partner, lesson six, and then lesson seven, I want to talk about two ways to choose a life partner, two ways to choose a life partner. So we still got some territory to go. It's going to be great. It end up being uh, seven lessons, but I do a lot of reading and sometimes I'll introduce people to books that I've read. Here's a book that I, th I, I recommend. It's called How to Get a Date worth keeping. How to get a date worth keeping is by Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, another book that I think would be a good book is We're Just Friends and Other Dating Lies. That's a great title. That's what people say. We're just friends. We're just friends and other dating lies by Chuck Millian, M-I-L-I-A-N. The first book, Dr. Henry Cloud, second book, Chuck Millian. The third book is a great book. It's called Four Things Women Want From a Man. Four Things Women Want From a Man by uh, Dr. A.R. Bernard. Dr. A.R., and I love this pastor, beautiful pastor. I, I, I love listening to him teach and his ministry. Now, the last book I want to recommend is a book by my spiritual sons, Pastor Byron Franklin Sr. The book is entitled, Men Are Finders, Women Are Choosers. Men Are Finders, Women Are Choosers. And it's on your biblical guide to dis discovering divine relationships. And uh, Pastor Byron and Miriam are spiritual sons uh, and daughters of mine. Spent a lot of years in our church. They pastor their own church now in Livingston, uh, Living Word Church Livingston. And I can validate because he, P Pastor Byron, walks through certain uh, experiences 
personal experiences of him discovering Miriam. Uh, he walks through his testimonies, biblical insights, and I can attest to much of what he's saying because I was familiar and a part of the process that he walked through. And so it's a, it's a great book. And you can get this wonderful book at Amazon. You can order it. It will definitely be a blessing for you. This is the conclusion of lesson five. We got two more lessons to go, and I believe that it is transforming your life. I look forward to seeing you next time.